Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. service, especially when it comes to skincare. Did I ever tell you that I drank collagen from a 7-Eleven in Japan? <laughs> no. I don't think you should tell anybody that. I, That's disgusting. I am desperate what is to wrong maintain with you? my face at all costs, and I went to Japan to teach improv. Wait, wait, improv wait, 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 wait a minute. You want, you'll do anything to maintain your face, but that thing... The bottom of your foot. (laughs) Nobody sees that. I cover it up with shame. Only my jewels gets the the unique pleasure of looking at my Frito foot. Okay. But I was I was in Japan and they they love collagen over there and they put it in everything. You can drink it, you can eat it, it's in jello, it's a lot they're very collagen forward. And they know something that we don't because they look like they're 12 until they're 120 and then suddenly they age overnight and everybody's Pat Morita. Maybe it's just their, like, I don't know, something that's hereditary. And we're probably no. not supposed to look like each other. But they've got something that we don't over there and it's Smarts. collagen. <laughs> they've got diet. intellect. <laughs> yeah. And so I was there in Japan and I bought collagen liquid drinking like a shot of collagen it looked like a five hour energy drink and i bought it at a 7-eleven and then i brought it back to my room Why and i thought it was okay i just i drank it and then i thought wait a minute is there an fda over here i mean i don't know what people are eating i've seen interesting fishes and and everybody puts fish skin on everything cereal whatever what? and i just drank collagen that was probably not approved by any food administration and I'm in Japan. I'm in a foreign country, and I'm alone in a room. I think you're putting a lot of faith in the American system and the FDA. Uh-huh. I mean, oh, that's an interesting twist to take on it. I think I put a lot of faith in liquids that promise youth. <laughs> and then I, I sat by myself, and I started to spiral out. And I was like, oh, my God, what did I drink? What did I drink? Why did I drink? Why did I drink liquid collagen from a 7-Eleven? And I thought, I can't go to bed because if I go to sleep, I'm never waking up. Have you ever had a hot dog from 7-Eleven? Never. Then why the fuck would you be drinking collagen <laughs> from a 7-Eleven? Because a hot dog does not promise the potential of youth. Neither does collagen from a 7-Eleven. A spinning taquito can't assure me a glowy this is gross. residue. And then I, 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 so gave, I, had like a, I had like a panic attack. No. And then I felt... <laughs> this is going to surprise you. I had a panic attack. And then I fell asleep because I was, I have no blood pressure. And when I woke up, I looked great. So I'd do it again. Great. <laughs> so let's inject cement in our face. What do you say? This is so gross. Other than that, how are you? Aside from feeling bloated, we've dredged you out of the river for this podcast today. <laughs> Did you have a good week? Yes, I've been vaccinated. <gasps> You know, it's an interesting thing, this vaccine. I won't post when I get it online because I'm judging people who are getting them. I know I shouldn't, 
But every time I'm like, okay, my friend who teaches nominally talented people at AMDA got a shot right. so that he could, what, in person teach kids how to do trust falls? They're not even back yet. I went to school for musical theater. I know that you don't, these people are just like rubbing each other half the time. Here's my take. This is going to be so fucked up on how how anybody gets it and how quickly anybody. So if you can get it, get, get it. it. It Because they're like, some states are withholding. Some states are giving it to like a, a certain demographic and not the other one. Yeah. Fuck off. Like it, we've been in our house for a year. Everything is closed. Everything is dying. Everybody's dying. Fucking... Give me the fucking vaccine. So I got vaccinated. I don't give a shit. I have moderate to severe asthma, <laughs> which has now been exacerbated by COVID-19. So now I can't even fucking run by the West Side Highway, combined with the fact that I'm allergic to nature. So it makes it difficult to run. So now I'm vaccinated. I thought you... And I've never heard I've been moderate shitting myself to, ever Congratulations. Since. And I can't feel my arm. And you've got no you testosterone. I've had every reaction. You, ha- you really are s- you're sensitive. I'm very, I'm a cancer. He's a delicate flower. My he arm, is... like, I literally was like, this is great. I went to, after this, after I got vaccinated, I went to Trader Joe's. I'm like, this is incredible. And I'm like, God, I have a headache. And I got home. <laughs> I felt like um, Kevin from Home Alone. I was like walking home. It was like pouring like snow. My bags are about to rip. <laughs> and I'm just like, ugh. And I'm hot because the vaccine, like the getting vaccinated and being yeah. in the store and then out of the store, I'm just sweating. I'm like, I'm just going to take a nap. I fell asleep at 7.30 and I woke up the next morning. Wow. Oh, that is so sexy. Because that's what is, I guess, what happens. But is you that- know what is better than COVID, so. <laughs> you know what? Well, she brings up a good point. I've had both. And it's kind of like the same oh. thing, but in a small, condensed dose and then like wait till the second one i'm like what <laughs> it gets so much worse that second dose is supposed to be a doozy but apparently it's you know 12 to 24 hours of a doozy versus god forbid hospitalization right um, but then i've heard that if you've had matters. covid the first shot is worse than the second so there's all oh. these like conspiracies theories right, out right. there and until you live it you won't know it because the two ladies that when i was like running my mouth to them mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Like, Tell the good people what your experience was like at Javits Center. So you walk into the Javits Center, and you think it's going to be like a line full of people. And you walk in, and it's completely empty, but they're all like the stanchions telling you where to go. And all military personnel. And then, so you go in, like, do you have your barcode? I do. Then you go to the next officer, and then he t- tells you to take a left. I'm like, this is really like, we don't need an officer for that. But then you go to another one, they take your temperature. Then another one tells you where to go. And this is all like 50 feet or like two football fields away from one another. They mm-hmm. want you to get in your steps. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> They're like, America's fat. Get them vaccinated at the Javits Center. <laughs> Run around three times. And as you're walking, circle. they're like, Welcome to the COVID-19 vaccine. I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm literally, I felt like I was in like Independence Day. Sci-fi. Or like I was about to like fight some alien or was something. Was it Sigourney Weaver doing the voiceover? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you're like, Welcome ma'am, could you please COVID. put some pants on? <laughs> Why are you so goddamn tall? God, your hair is fantastic. Oh, and then you go to the first, then you go to a, a table, you sit down, you go through this whole thing, and I'm double masked, she's double masked, and we have a divider. I can't hear her, she can't hear me. I'm like, 
I'm not a mime. I don't even like them in the park, but I'm doing the best I can. Little well, did for- you know that was your testosterone shot. <laughs> I thought she would. What if she was like, do you want the gravy or the sauce? I'm like, what? I don't know. Noodles or rice? Noodles? Rice? All right, I'm like, just what? put it in. I don't know. Chicken pad thai, please. So you do that whole thing. Uh-huh. Then you walk again. And then you keep walking, and then you wait for your table assignment. Then you go to the table assignment. I got so confused because I, I was starting to get really nervous. And it's like really like because you're by yourself, you can't have your phone out, and you like so you're walking. I'm like, what if I? What if this isn't a vaccinated? What if they're killing people? Like, this is what what's going on in my head. And so the guy's like, No, you're supposed to go over here. I'm like, Okay. And it's like, Were they all wearing Guy Fox masks? <laughs> you were like, were, Something's <laughs> off about not, this. something's not right. And then, I don't then feel they right. turned off the power and. So then I sit down to like, it seemed like I sat down at like um, a group of women who own like a bake shop because they were unusually happy. Like, hi, welcome. And I was like, what is happening? But they feel as nervous as you do. They're Not- having that same jibber jabbery moment being like, I really shouldn't be here. And then I, I, I only volunteered so that I could get the shot at the end of the day when they have extras. Ah! They're like, well, you're going to have to take your jacket and your sweater off. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what I figured. But then do I take my mask off? And then, I mean, do I, I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have, like, I don't know why I was wearing a sweater to begin with. It's really hot in here. Anyway, she's like, are you nervous? No, I'm not really nervous. She's like, can you move your chair? Sure. I couldn't move the chair. No, it's a folding chair. And I, (laughs) there's only really one way that she wanted it. And I was like, do you want to, I felt like I was building the chair scene in Poltergeist. I'm like, did you want to, did you want a teepee? Did you want an upside down four? Like, what did you, like. She's like, no, just uh, closer to the table. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I was just, and then I was talking to the woman on the other side, and then she was like, well, my parents are Broadway people. And I was like, I didn't know, like, am I supposed to ask you more questions about your parents? Like, because I could have. <laughs> and that's when I started to, like, check myself. Like, now is not the time. To, like, You're on a like, first date with everyone at the Javits Center. <laughs> do we kiss at the beginning of the date so we get the awkward part out of the way? Or maybe we should just sleep together now and just sort of get it out of the way. You know, and then it's like, thank really- you so Then it was like the thank yous that would never end. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. We really appreciate it. Like, I was like, what is the fuck is happening? And I felt like I was like, I was like, uh, like a greeting card. Like, I it was like, re- like, every thank you I said, like. To everybody at the table. We're just so out of practice. Like, I've never dated anyway with anyone for the last year. It's like we see somebody. It's like, oh my god, we're. And then they put so many in front of you, and then so you're talking to everyone. They're like, okay, you here's your sticker. I'm like, oh my god, thank you so much for the sticker. I'm like, I'm like, shut up in my head. And then you sit down in like this massive football field, you know, ten feet away from the next person, and you're. watching the clock tick by and then everyone tells you you know 15 minutes are up and then i have to like walk to like the other like i'm like is there an air train to get out of here i just want to get out of here now (laughs) they should have golf carts and then there's a then there's a board where you can say thank you again you can write a message i'm like and then you have to leave the javits and you're like is anybody is there a is there a trolley is there anyone mary kate is there a I 100% would get so distracted by the people that i would i would leave there and realize i hadn't gotten the shot (laughs) I'd get out and be well, like, something. I needed to, to do, do something. something Coffee, I... keys, wallet, purse. God, do I bring every... COVID shot. COVID shot. Oh, it's like when you I leave Trader Joe's, in. you're like, cashews, fuck. I have to go back and look. <laughs> if only I could lift my arm. <laughs> <laughs> if only... Oh my God. The, the longer the day went on, the more I was just like, first I'm like, ah, oh, that hurt. And then later in the day, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like trying to like lift a pen. <laughs> And it's 500 pounds. Why is this pen so heavy? <laughs> Jesus. I can't wait to get my shot. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then just wait till all of a sudden you're like, 
I'm not really that hungry. Mm. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm going to shit myself right here. What is happening to you? Because this, this, this COVID me, shot goes through you and they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to experience some uh, stomach issues. I'm like, oh, I have like never what? heard this. Like as a alien birth? Because, Your insides uh, are made of like rainbows and sparkles. Oh, my God. Not, not I a mean, party. And it oh, just honey. smelled like the inside of like an oil refinery when it came. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> Oh my god! Right. I have to take like a like a a shower and then like maybe like a fire hose up my asshole. I'm like, this is like, this is dense. It's silkwood, dense. Don't ever use that word around me again. Oh. Oh. Anyway, so that's my COVID vaccine. Wow, I I you have made a girl excited. You know what? I think now is the time for me to welcome everybody, and then I shall introduce our very special guest. That's Because fantastic. I want to make her part of all the wackiness that happens here on the pod. All right. Welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I'm your host, Tab Hunter. Ooh. Oh. Well, that was a good documentary, too. And I'm <laughs> Alexa Rachel. You sure are. And we're coming to you from the Maha Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? My baloney has a first name, it's O-S-T-A-R. My baloney has a second name, it's M-A-Y-E-R. Oh, I love to eat it. M-A-Y-E-R, that spells mayor. Forget it. Oh, I what's, love the punchy what, players. What, what's that? It's a guy who does all the voices of old divas. You have to look up punchy players. He does a great Liza and a great Judy. Oh, creep of wheat's ready. And you're ready. For us this week, like all weeks, we are hoisting up the newspaper advice articles of Ann Landers and Dear Abby. We're throwing them over our shoulders and carrying them up the stairs of our mansions in Atlanta. We're, we're throwing them down on the bed and having our way with them. And then, and then we're leaving the money on the dresser. We slap them on the ass and we tell them we'll be back next week because we're here every week with quality comedy content. You okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Oh, there it is. Got a shot. So if you don't already, what are you waiting for? Follow us on your social medias at Dear Official on your Instagram, your Twitter, and your Face Place. Uh, you can email us your any questions you have because we want to answer all of your advice questions. DearPodOfficial at, at gmail.com. Any topic. Nothing is off the shelf. Uh, check out our website, DearPodOfficial.com, where you can find every last episode. And, of course, our Patreon page, Patreon.com slash DearPodOfficial, where you can become a subscriber for a mere 3 or $5 a month. And you shall also get quality comedy content dropped into your inbox. Fun things, cocktail <laughs> recipes, words of wisdom, videos of people falling downstairs. We have everything here. Speaking of everything that we have here, I am incredibly excited to announce here at Dear Pod, we have a very special guest this week. Who is it? Special guest alert! Special guest alert! <laughs> Ring the alarm! I've been doing this too long! Okay. All right. So we have a special guest with us to discuss our hot <laughs> topics this week. Uh, which the hot topic this week is affairs. I can't Ooh. believe we've never done this topic before. I can't before. wait to talk about your affairs. I can't She's believe I've right. never been it's on that show. I, I, do you know that I Googled you to, to find out if you were on the affair? But don't worry, I found a tie-in. Get ready. Oh. Now, ladies and gents, we have the star of the big and the small screen. You've seen her on TV in Blue Bloods, The Good Fight, Waco, Chicago PD, uh, just to name a few, and most recently, Aunt Opal, 
sexy child trafficker in Grey's Anatomy. You've seen her on the big screen as Mrs. Kovacek, the Russian woman who happens to do one-handed cartwheels in Annie, the Chanel wear and wheeler in Dealer, Kimmy Belzer in Wolf of Wall Street, Bad Education, that, that woman who fought Hugh Jackman or some crap, and... Most importantly, she carried on an illicit affair which led her to becoming the second wife of Robert De Niro in The Irishman. Please welcome Stephanie Kurtzuba! She sounds oh, good. you suck! Oh. All right. Oh. <laughs> well, Dad, <I> think, <laughs> shut up. I think you've been hazed, and I think you're part of the podcast now. I was bound yeah. and determined to get a fair in there, and I did. Did and that's actually absolutely true. It's Good for true. You. I know. I can you have manipulate. A in this. <laughs> I know. I have a future coming up on 100 episodes. That's us. Congratulations. And for our 100 episode podcast, 100th. I don't know. I I can't. We are doing 100 questions within one episode. So send us all of your questions. We are going to go boom, boom, boom. Password that shit. Yeah. Very exciting. Yes. So we have a special guest here for us this yes. week. You're going to be part of our topic, which is affairs. Okay. Have you had an affair? Now's the time to confess. Yeah, it's just us. Yeah, nobody can hear you. During yeah. my first marriage. It's How just us and married? two guys in France. Twice. The second one stuck. The first one was just sort of a trial run. <laughs> was that uh, in your 20s? It was. How'd you know? It's usually what happened. Yeah. But no kids and no house, so it was very easy divorce. Exactly. <laughs> slide in, slide out. Yeah. Nobody it's knows. It's trial. It's a trial. It was, yeah. and I didn't. That's when I had my little my my dipped my toe in the illicit affair thing. That was short lived, but really hot. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I mean, oh. as they say, it's just a symptom of the bigger problem. It's Why are you so looking true. at me when you say bigger problem? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe now's the time. Listen, not all of us are vaccinated. You have to be nice to me. I don't have to do anything. That's true. Because I am vaccinated. <laughs> so it was a good affair. <laughs> Divorce. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it, but the feelings I was experiencing at the time were pleasurable enough that I didn't care about the other feelings. Sure. Atta girl! <laughs> and how old were you? Mm, 26. You were a yeah, baby. Seven, twenty-six. You were a kid. Yeah. Before I knew better. <laughs> no. Not really, but yeah. It, you know what? But here's the good news. Second time around, the marriage thing made the good decisions, and that stuck, and that's, we're going on 16 years of marriage, <gasps> and I wow. literally never even thought about anyone else. Well, so, do you want to do it now? Think about it now. <laughs> well, Take a deep breath. Hold think. on. Patty's in the room. He's got no testosterone. I have no testosterone, oh, and I have no desire to be breaker. with a woman. But he is vaccinated. Again, so. but I am vaccinated. Again, yeah. Once so. upon a time, back in the day. What if that's new people, that's the turn on? What? People who were vaccinated. What do you like? Long walks on the beach? Oh. Sense of humor? I just people saw they were, were referring to people who were um, breaking up with uh, folks during quarantine because they didn't trust them to not be as on lockdown as they are, and they were afraid they would get the virus from them, and they called that kind of breakup being fauci'd. Oh! <gasps> These people are stupid. I would gladly yeah, Fauci yes. my jewels at this point. Those people, like, that's, what's wrong? People, <laughs> people fucking crazy. You know why? Because we've, we've been in this for a year. People are crazy. I we've mean, all collectively gone crazy. Yeah. This has pushed us all oh, over yeah. the edge. This time last year, I looked at my time hop today, and there was a picture of bat soup on it. You and I were talking about bat soup this time last year. 
Yes, we were. And laughing like the fools who... Every now and then I see well, a picture of me more and I'm like, like, stupid girl, you don't know what's coming. Well, I think we're laughing more at the fact that someone is biting into something that has a face that does not look pleasant. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not like you're having like that fish where it's just calmly laying on your plate with the eye looking at you. This well, is like a terrified bat that is yeah. like, you know, you can just hear him screaming. <laughs> oh, God. You know, because the teeth are there and you're like, I'm going to bite into this thing. And it's like, a, it's like when you think a cockroach is dead, but it's just plain dead. Ooh. And then you go for it and then he comes alive. Same thing with the bat. Like you're like, I'm just going to cut into it. And you're like, holy shit. Oh my God. <laughs> if something screamed when I ate it. Like, wow, this what looks if- delicious. I- Aaron, here's your lunch. What is it? It's bat. Oh, that's great. Aaron! And that's like what the bat says. Knows your name. I wouldn't. Get that fork away. I don't want to eat anything with a face that's horrifying. No. A Mickey Rourke stew. What? Have I said too much? Maybe. Let's talk about affairs. Let's do some articles, shall we? The theme, sexual affairs, love affairs, any kind of affair of the heart. I'm cheating on you. You start off. Okay. Okay. This is from the Fort Worth Star Telegram, Fort Worth, Texas, Sunday, August 9th, 1998. Here we go. Oh, this is when I should have finished college, but I did a victory lap. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> this is Affair for Affair Unfair. Dear Abby, I desperately need some advice. I'm a physician married to a beautiful woman for 20 years, and we have three teenage children. My wife and I are in our 40s. In 1995, my wife confessed that she had a seven-year affair with my best friend. (gasps) He would come to our house after I went to work, and they would have sex in our bed. Although my wife never showed me any affection during that period, I blamed it on the strain of raising three children, never suspecting her infidelity. She let word of the illicit affair slip when I teased her about her old boyfriends. I was devastated, but I didn't let on. She apologized, and our marriage continued for the sake of the children. In the last two years, my wife has been especially loving and affectionate towards me. Earlier this year, my married sister-in-law, I'll call her Marie, (laughs) stayed with us for four months. She confided to me that she had an unsatisfactory sex life with her husband. One thing led to another, and we slept together several times. Marie has since returned home. Now, I feel guilty and would like to confess his indiscretion to my wife to clear my conscience, but I am not sure how she'll react. Though it will even things out, I do not want to hurt my wife or expose Marie's behavior. Should I tell my wife about the affair with her sister? Signed, Only Human in Kentucky. Kentucky. I was going to say Kentucky. (laughs) Meanwhile. Dear Only Human, I question your motives for a confession. Remember the pain that your wife's confession caused you? While confessing may be good for the soul, it will undoubtedly hurt others. I suggest you confess to your clergy instead. Ah, tit for tat, literally. As if a clergyman <laughs> knows what the fuck you, you're dealing with. <laughs> Clergy's like, look, I would love to relate to you, but I've got a 13-year-old boy in the back who is <laughs> the not The last time I had sex was this morning with a box of Kleenex and some lotion by my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I have no frame of And reference. I was watching White Squall, and that Ryan Phillippe is just really... Let anyway, me tell what you. was I saying? <laughs> that is this wine what, is delicious. That is not random. You have done that. That is a true story. That have is you so seen sp- White Squall? <laughs> Holy shit. Nobody's seen if you don't get a, If you want to test your testosterone, watch that movie. <laughs> Holy shit. Ah. Everyone's wet in white shorts. It's like, what? what? Okay. Patrick, your levels <laughs> spiked this week. What did you do? It's did working. you watch White Squall? It's working. 
Burp, Charlie. The treatment Burp. is worth. What a disgusting scene that is. I could do a whole podcast just about that scene. Nothing it could be worse. More. Fart, Charlie. Fart. <laughs> what if that was the first? Uh. The first draft of Charlie the Chocolate Factory. So here's the thing. Okay, they drink the fizzy lifting drinks, and it uh-huh. floats them up to the ceiling, right? So but the they, carbonation makes you what? It makes it? you float. No, no, no. It, but no, the, the carbonation makes you float. But to get back down, uh-huh. you have to fart. Oh. Ooh. So they go like face down and then they just keep letting them rip and it pushes them down, oh. down, down, <laughs> down until they land. Mm. But, In a pile of their own filth. Yeah, well yeah. then that's why right. Willy Wonka gets upset. That's it's why like, they call it the a- chocolate factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are still on affairs, aren't we? What's your name? Oh, yes, yeah, we that are. whole I'm topic. Sorry. Oh, sorry. yeah. I guess the Adderall's not working because I'm not focused. <laughs> I don't feel focused at all. You might want to talk about the, what Oh, the article. Mm. Oh, that thing. Now, um, mm. okay, I forgot what it was so, about. <laughs> question, here's a question. So did you confess to anybody? You know what? It was a scenario where we were um, we were separated. So, I mean, te- was it technically an affair? I no. guess. But nope. I don't know. doesn't count. But I will say this after having heard you read that. After I divorced said first mistake, yeah. um, I, I was about to move in with my current husband. So we were dating, and he was moving up to New York, and we were – and I – spoke to my ex and I said, yeah, my life has moved on and I'm in love and this is, you know, the man I'm going to be moving in with. And he said, well, <laughs> I guess we're never really getting back together. And I was like, well, now which part of divorce did you think was temporary? <laughs> and at that moment he said, well, I guess then there's a couple of things I need to tell you. <gasps> and now we had been divorced for at least a year and a half at this point, maybe two. And um, I was like, okay. He, we met in person and he proceeded to tell me, he's like, well, actually, while we were married, I, you know, there were a few indiscretions of my own, which doesn't tell you it was like doomed from the start. But I remember like, I was so, God, I was my very best self. I was like, go in peace. I forgive you. You know, you deserve love. I deserve, I was truly my best self for about 20 minutes. Mm. And then I started getting (laughs) rage filled. And I remember thinking to myself, I love this so hard. Fuck you, man. You only told me that to punish me because I finally found happiness and I thought we were, you know, good Mm. people. Yeah. You were blessing and releasing. And he was, and he was pointing and shooting. Yeah. And I was like, so what is the, Hmm. So I have to say, I agree with that advice in the sense that, like, what is your true motivation for sharing your infidelity? I take umbrage to the share with your clergyman part, but (laughs) that's another podcast. So, but also the sister part brings up a whole other. Maybe you are actually reading from like Penthouse Forum. I'm not sure I believe anything. (laughs) Some days it is. I mean, we get the dirties. I Wait, mean, but so then did you, you said con- Kentucky, and I was like, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So did you confess to your first husband? He you're... knew he knew about that one oh. when it was happening because ah. like we were separated and stuff. So we did oh, right. sort of get back together after that affair and oh. tried to do oh. the marriage thing for a little while longer. But so did he have indiscretions while you were actually together, or yes. when you were? Oh. And so he, he just did. listed them. And he was, I mean, he never got super specific, but I got the impression that there were more than one or two. I think it was sort of like, yeah, and then this one night at this mm. place and, you know. Confirming. Can you imagine if after <sighs> he confessed that you were like, well, I was going to get back together with you. <laughs> I, just keep turning I, it on I each other. I brought this ring for you tonight, but I <laughs> well, guess I'm there keeping goes, it. 
there goes any thought of us getting back together again. <clears throat> I guess I'll just have the baby by myself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ew. ew. It's been gestating for two and a half years now, but um, yeah. It's been in this jar. <laughs> well, it's more of a pickle collection than I have than a baby, but anyway. But still, it's delicious. Oh. It's relish. <laughs> so It's relish now. That this who knew that you were gonna be such a a hot candidate for this topic? So did I you didn't tell know your any therapist, or like who did you tell? You just confessed right to the Do husband, mean, or was there anybody like, else? Was there anyone you... else like I have to get this off my chest? Do you have a girlfriend? Or... Oh, when they, when you mean when it was all going on? Yeah. Oh, I was you know I was <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say I was pretty like yeah. So I'm doing this guy, and yeah, I'm married, we're separated, or we're having problems. I, I was sort of shameless about it. So you confess to everybody in Brooklyn, like you're in the checkout line at the supermarket, and be like, hey, they're like, can it's we like, get you anything else, man? Could you pass me a, a Mars bar? And by the way, I'm fucking this guy who is in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting you know. I have a coupon, and I'm fucking this guy. <laughs> The woman what slides you... it across the counter. She's like, that'll be a dollar. Can I just tell you the worst part of it, though? Um, I finally did remember it, but several years ago, I was like, yeah, what was that guy's last name? I do, I could not for the life of me remember the guy. That, that was, you had the affair with? Yeah, I couldn't remember his last name for a solid couple years. I finally unearthed it, and I was like, ah, there he is. That was That's his it. name. I'm not That's a horrible person. Who's the guy that I ruined my marriage with? Oh, <laughs> it wasn't worth remembering. To be fair. He wasn't the one to ruin the marriage True. because it's a symptom of, of a larger problem. Girl problem. Yeah. Wow. Aren't we a psychology podcast? I don't the think I would talk to a priest about it because they'd be like, what the fuck do you know? I don't talk to priests about anything. Yeah. It doesn't seem like they'd be, offer, they'd be offering any relevant advice, right? Like, so what's your background? Oh, okay. Nothing. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. married to the Lord? Oh, okay. No. Scene. I'm going to move us along to okay, another article, right. shall we? All right, let me see what I can find here, what I can unearth for you people. All right. All right, this comes from the Detroit Free Press, Detroit, Michigan. You know it. Detroit. January 21st, 1983. Affair with her former stepfather has young woman in a tizzy. One more time. Affair with her former stepfather. Ayahuasca. Has woman in a tizzy. I prefer the bat soup. Thank you. I know. Thank you. I'll have the bat soup, and I slept with some guy named John. Thank you. Uh, Diner's card or American Express? I think we still have Diner's card. Dear Ann Landers. Oh, this is is not her voice. Dear, Dear Ann Landers, my mother and father were divorced when I was six. Mom got custody of me and my brother, who was eight. What is it with the people and the time? Like, that other guy, your article was like, uh, seven years ago, I met three people who are five. Carry the one. It's and an if SAT you drive, question. I'm already lost with like. whatever I'm lost, too. All right. Start again. My mother and father were divorced when I was six. Mom got custody of me and my brother, who was eight. She remarried when I was nine and divorced her second husband when I was 17. Are we all up to date? No. If a train leaves Des Moines going 45 miles... <laughs> I was always fond of my stepfather and kept in touch with him, even though my mother didn't like the idea. He was good to me and very affectionate. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any reason for not being friendly. Suddenly I realized we had feelings for each other that were more than just father-daughter. Before I knew what was happening, we became involved in a hot love affair. It continued three years. So when the train leaves Des Moines... Signed, Soon Yi. <laughs> I know! Uh, how apropos there's a new thing on Woody Allen. 
He is 40 years old. Now I am 20. The oh. affair is still going on. I broke up with my boyfriend because I preferred to spend more time with my stepfather. No one knows about this, and I am scared to tell anybody. My former stepdad is beginning to talk marriage. <gasps> That's the what? first time I've read that. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if maybe he would like to marry me to get back at my mother for divorcing him. I am confused and feel guilty for having started down this road. Please tell me what to do. Signed, Totally Anonymous. Oof. Dear Tianon, you need to talk to a professional. <laughs> the situation sounds unhealthy at best and self-destructive at worst. Run, don't walk to a counselor and talk as fast and honestly as you can. So they've been dating three or four years and just now she's thinking that it's a problem? So when the bad choice leaves New York going 80 miles an hour into a brick wall and it hits the brick wall. Just now, though, after years of being with her mother's ex-husband, her former stepfather, now. It's the Catherine O'Hara Home Alone moment of, (gasps) Kevin! Except it's, I shouldn't have slept with him! (laughs) And had a relationship for years. Daddy. I'm genuinely skeeved by this, this one. Is Isn't really it so? Genu- this one is like signed, mm. groomed in <laughs> Greensboro. Yeah. Like So he's, he's 40 been, and she's 20? Since you were 10 to the time you were 17, he functioned in your life as your father. Uh-huh. And now you're sleeping with him. Mm. That's called grooming. And if you haven't watched Finding Neverland, or no, not, not Finding Neverland. What was it? <laughs> the Neverland. The, the Michael Jackson oh. one. Uh, never, leaving Neverland? Leaving Neverland. Yeah, fi- very different. <laughs> I'm leaving because I found it and I didn't like what I found there. I don't, uh, I don't remember <laughs> Colin Farrell doing that at all. Oh my God. Yeah, this was disturbing. <clears throat> it's a good one though. Mm. I don't like Bubbles the Chimp that much. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Someone unshackle me from this bed. Anybody? Anyone? Oh Latoya? Latanya? Reeby? Anybody? Still stuck in Neverland, you guys. Still stuck here. Yes. So she, from 10 to 17, it was her father. Right. She knew him her as second such. father. Second father, but Step-daddy. not birth father. <clears throat> but nonetheless, you're married to my mother. You're living in my house. You're acting as my father. Yes. He leaves grooming. Why? I've never heard this term grooming before. What? Oh, you haven't? It's No. In the last five years, you haven't heard about grooming? My Jules is 10 years older than me. Is he grooming me? <laughs> is it too late? Can I get out? No. Nope. I'm going to blink twice. Please call the police. Well, if you watch any of the Epstein documentaries, that's grooming. It's is basically manipulation of a younger person so that you can set up yourself to eventually cross a line into sexual behavior with them that's wildly inappropriate. Correct. And you think he was doing that? Or you think Well, what yeah. I I don't (laughs) A normal man would be like, hey. That's very sweet. I am your mother's yes. ex-husband. It's called bound. You mean after they got divorced. Yeah. We can be a pen pal. Wonderful. You're not my biological oh. daughter. I'm not giving him a pass at all. Okay, I just want to establish I don't know what you were right doing because no. you were tap dancing on the line. What I'm here. trying to say is I'm grooming Jules <clears throat> as we speak. I don't know if it's working. Eventually, I'm going to make my move. <laughs> that is disgusting. Yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, it would have to, it, for them to have agreed that they were going to have that kind of relationship beyond the divorce, something had to have been happening. In the 10 to 17 range. Oh, right. He did something in that zone. Yeah. Oh, 
that is so skeevy. It's deeply, <laughs> it's deeply disturbing. And yet, not the first yeah. time this story has been told. Like, oh no, I heard it on a podcast somewhere else. Not like I'm going to cross. <laughs> Sure, sure. But I remember hearing about that, that it was like they picked up a relationship later in their lives because of the, this is very Maury Povich, Jerry Springer, but it's not like it's been unheard of. I cannot imagine what has to happen, what is broken in your brain that you're like, I'm going to, yeah. Uh, this was fun, but I've had the mother, so let's just work my way through Ooh. the whole family. You, do you have a sister, an aunt? 20 years older? That's yes. weird. He's oh. 40, she's 20, and now he wants to marry her. Someone that was younger than me. Talk well, about I playing mean, the long game for revenge. When she was 20 and he was 40, but he's known her since he was seven. This yeah. is why I can never, <clears throat> that's why I could never get behind the time traveler's wife. Gives me <gasps> <laughs> It's just slightly, I mean, it's great. It Please really is great. Please don't ruin it, one of my favorite books. I'm sorry. Because, no, no, I'm not ruining it. It's just always given me a little bit of pause because I just of never that. really dove that deep now. Well, that's probably totally good. Don't. Sense. I'm so don't, sorry. Don't dive that deep. But It does make a lot of sense. It it's the same thing with that uh, Kate Leopold movie, I think. Never yeah. saw it. Yeah. Just a little, like, I don't know. Wait, they're like, what? Like, it's all cute. And like, cue Celine Dion. You're like, but wait a minute. <laughs> Is that her? Is that don't his daughter? Is that his grandma? Don't, yeah. don't you distract me with fabulous vocals. I cry shenanigans on this. Wait a minute. I he have just buried never, his mom. I've never seen either Calvin of these Klein. movies. You haven't? So I don't have what? a frame of reference. Well, the movie of The Time Traveler's Wife is awful. But the but book, the book is, is great. Is, uh, yes. Kate Leopold was Hugh Jackman and mm-hmm. Meg Ryan, I believe. Was it Meg Ryan? Right? Uh, uh, cute Meg Ryan or weird... Yeah, it was cute. cute. It was cute. cute yeah, yeah, super cute. Uh, it was like when she was kind of like so dancing did... around those angry movies, like when she was like the boxer manager. Right. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Which I kind of enjoy. I kind of like a rough around the edges Meg Ryan as opposed to the like. like... Her, that was her like G.I. Jane phase. And then yeah. she had to kind of come back to the rom-com with it. Yeah. Hugh Jackman is dressed in like period garb. There's nothing not to like really oh. about him in that movie. Hey, speaking of Hugh, what was it like to work with Hugh? Good guy? He's wonderful. I, w- I worked with him on stage. Oh, um, that's right. So I, my, yeah, my Broadway debut, I worked on The Boy From Oz. So I actually um, worked with him like nightly for uh, about a year. Um, <gasps> and then I didn't see him again until um, like just like two years ago. I, got, I booked that part in Bad Education and at the uh, table read. Everybody was sitting around and he... Um, he's genuinely a good human being, but I thought he'll never remember me. That was 15 years ago. And, um, I mean, I haven't aged much. No, but I do no, look we're just slightly say. different. Yeah. Thanks um, to that collagen from Japan. Yeah. <laughs> just, I Drink up. That yeah. <laughs> but he was walking around, making his way around the table and introducing himself personally to everyone. And he got to me and he sort of held his hand out and he was like, hi, I'm Hugh. And I went, I know, Hugh, it's, I'm Stephanie. And I, before I got my whole name out, he went, Kurt Zuba! And he threw his arms around me and he uh, turned to the director and he was like, she was in The Boy From Oz with me, we worked together. And like he, in an instant, remembered me. Wow, which I was That's like, impressive. You are truly a real human being. Yeah. Like he is a gigantic movie star, but he has managed to maintain wow. humanity. <laughs> soul. Yeah. So God love him. But and now I picture it with his Australian accent, though. So he's like, Stephanie, let's get some shrimp on the baby. He's, he doesn't sell matches on a street. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yet it's been a very long virus. Exactly. Music man isn't selling, huh, Hugh? Never say Mitch never. Is, Mitch is saying. <laughs> All right. How about I some need... apples? You like apples? <laughs> I need some testosterone All right. shots. Anybody <laughs> want some testosterone and some matches? Yeah. Oh, right. you want some? Get your ayahuasca. I'm Hugh Jackman from The Boy from Oz. <laughs> I'm going to ask for all sorts of anecdotes later. We're going to talk about Robert De Niro, which, by the way, when I when I wrote your introduction as I was reading it, I called him Richard De Niro. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I mean, Dickie, my there friend Dickie. We need alcohol stat. <gasps> we do need to talk about Grey's Anatomy. And oh, there's so much to oh discuss. All right, let's get some articles okay. out Okay, of the all right. <laughs> by the time we're done, I'm going to be vaccinated. <clears throat> this is from the... Four- this can't be right. Okay. This is from... <laughs> is, this is from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram Fort Worth, Texas, Saturday, November 8th, 1997. Affair ends, something darker begins. Dear Abby, I've been in a loveless marriage for 20 years. Six years ago, I fell in love with a wonderful but married man. We shared a passionate, fantastic, and totally secret relationship until a year ago, when his wife discovered our affair. Unfortunately, instead of kicking him out, she chose to forgive him. He had led me to believe that our love was forever, and he couldn't live without me. Now he tells me that he realizes he loves his wife, will not leave her, and our relationship is over. (laughs) Will not accept this. I must live my life with him. I am unable to give him up. I'll do anything to get him away from his wife. But I'm running out of ideas. Do you have any? Signed, Desperate in Detroit. <laughs> I mean, that deserves a Tony. Thank you. You got the role as Harper in Angels in America. Oh, again? <laughs> Dear Desperate. Yes. Get over it. You have confused love with obsession. If you continue pursuing this man, you are asking for a bigger dose of heartache than what you've already suffered. Concentrate on the husband you have. And perhaps you'll have a marriage as successful as your former lovers. Now, stop boiling that rabbit and get home. Oh, my God. I thought that was really part of the line. I was like, did he memorize this last line? Oh. Delete, who wants rabbits too, anybody? Yeah, her story's not over yet, I guarantee. She's going to stalk that wife. My friend got involved with a married boy. He was very married. And, is this um, a true story? Or yes, true story. Okay. Everybody lean in. I'm just telling it in a Harlequin romance okay, novel fine. way. Not as exciting. And I and she was like so into this guy. She was like needy, desperate, needed this guy. And he had a wife. And you could just see it all the way down at the other end of the Javits Center, mm-hmm. how this story was going to end. Mm. And But the <clears> wife <throat> found her, like confronted <gasps> her. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, found like found where she lived, came to her apartment. I don't know how that's creepy. That is enough to make you sh- shake yourself. It's all fun and games until the wife shows up on your doorstep and you're like, "This is awkward." And she was like, "I just remember that my friend was like, she didn't sleep for for weeks. Her sleep was all messed up. She couldn't eat. She was just like, it was it's scary." And then I think the wife was threatening to show up. Oh, that's what it was. Because she and I were doing a show together. 
Oh, I, can't, I shouldn't say too much. All right, I'm not going to yeah. say that. I don't want to blow up anybody's thought, but they already know about each other. Every relationship is over. Like, he got divorced. He's not with my friend. Wow. My friend is, like, it all just fell apart so magnificently. But the, the wife had threatened to go to the place where we were performing and confront mm. her there. So, well, But she found her eventually. What would oh, you do God. if you were, like, carrying on a... A hot, sexy affair, and a spouse showed up right in front of your face. Yeah. Oh, it's very unfaithful. <gasps> that movie, Unfaithful, with Richard Gere and Diane Lane. Oh, I, I saw that one. Is that when he so kills good. him with the snow globe? <laughs> yes, death by does, snow globe. Does anybody get killed by a snow globe? But again, and then rolls up in a rug. Pitch this. Gross. Pitch it to me in Hollywood. So here's what I'm thinking. Okay. I have a great. I have a vehicle for Richard Gere. Who? Uh, Richard <laughs> Gere. Gere, guy from Pretty Woman. Do you remember him? Pretty Woman was 90. Oh, the guy who had the hamster up the ass. You know that? Got it, got it, got it. Okay. And Diane Lane. We also have Diane Lane. She's gorgeous. No, no, just trust me. Is it like a Kelly O'Hara musical? Because I'm asleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's like South Pacific, but sexier. So go with me on this. Okay. She has an affair with a guy who's half her age and twice her looks. Who is he? I I don't know. We'll get somebody from Spain. Okay. All right. We don't know yet. He's going to. How tall? He's going to be dead soon. So it doesn't make a difference. Okay. So Richard Gere finds him, confronts him, mm-hmm. hits him on the head with a snow globe. A what? Dead. Snow globe. <laughs> and he died? Yeah. How heavy is the snow globe? It's not like one of the ones that you get at duty free. Uh-huh. You and what's know? it made out of? Metal? I'm thinking glass, like a heavy glass. Uh-huh. Like shatterproof? Well, I would hope so, because he's going to crack a skull with it. Well, what does it say in the script? Does it shatter? Uh, not right now. It could. Okay. But then you got to clean up the- How many times does he hit him? Just once. That's all it needs. That's all you need. One, snow globe. one and done. Really heavy With a snow globe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, whatever. Yeah. And so, what do you think? I mean, that's it. That's all. They have an affair. Who does? He and the well, dead guy. No. <laughs> yeah, but it, well, no, no. Him and Diane Lane have an affair. Uh huh. Richard Gere hits him with a snow globe. Dead. Uh-huh. Pulls him up in a carpet. Uh-huh. Throws him somewhere in Queens. Plausible. Anyone? Great. Question where the carpet went? No, that's just exposition. Oh. Okay. All right, so that's it's like so the first half like, hour. It was like from Ikea. It wasn't a Safavia. <laughs> it, it was like... It was a good... It was worry. a very good rug. That thing clearly had a good count. It came from Thailand. I saw... That's how sad... This is how middle-aged I've become, watching Unfaithful. I'm like, oh. Here, we'll do one more article, and then I want to ask about Richard De Niro. <laughs> okay. right. We'll talk about Richard Donner in a second. Okay. But it's your turn. Dear Ann Landers, I am not writing for advice. <laughs> The Burn. end. Uh, All right, then why are you talking to me? Wasting my time. All right, burn it. I think anyone who can't solve his own problems has a screw, a screw loose. <laughs> screw mm. loose. Richard De Niro. Richard De Niro was a screw loose. But I do read your column every day just to see what the nuts are going to write about next. Thank you. A few days ago, I read a letter from a woman who is out of her mind. She said her husband had an affair, that he came to her practically on his knees said the affair was over and she begged and begged her to take him back. She said yes for Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> she said yes for the children's sake. But she wrote, "Of course I can never truly forgive him." Her letter was signed World Torn Apart. If she thinks her world is torn apart, she should try living in my world. My husband has been keeping a tramp for three years, and I'd give anything if he would tell me it's over and ask me to forgive him. Some wives don't know when they are well off. Signed, life is a dung heap. Wow. That took a hard lift. 
Yeah, I didn't see that coming. She didn't even sign Dear Life or whatever. She just wrote, Dear Friend. I agree that the woman who wrote would be wise to rid herself of resentment and welcome the contrite husband with open arms, but sometimes it's easier said than done. And now about your signature, lady. You'd better elevate your opinion of life if you want it to get better. Ayan! <laughs> I don't even know what this article's about. She's like, okay, wait, she's taking pot shots at some other woman for accepting a man back. Totally. But she's fine with her husband carrying on with three, not one, not two, but three, tramps on the side. Tramps. Oh, so I, I don't understand what she's years. not getting advice she for. She said tramp for three years. Oh, wow. It's Maybe I should read the article. See, you weren't same good at tramp. Same tramp for three years. If oh, three God. tramps leave Detroit, <laughs> going <laughs> 95 miles an hour. <laughs> when do they sleep with Richard Gere? I'm confused. I don't know. We're spinning so many plates at this point. We really are. Really, at this point, I I want to talk about your illicit affair with Robert De Niro. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. And this well, is how we blow things up on the internet. <laughs> affair with Robert De Niro by Stephanie Kurzuba. Oh, no. Right about it here. <laughs> so for those of you who haven't seen The Irishman, stop what you're doing and see it. You should have seen it stop by now. Stop what you're doing for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Get a snack stretch. and a large bottle of water. <laughs> and a bucket nearby so you can just pee in that and be fine. I watched The Irishman in... In fits and starts the day after Thanksgiving, which I thought was like the perfect day. You're like, you're just chilling. You're full. I'm going to lean in and watch The Irishman. Now, in this, you play his second wife. Right. I play Irene. Yes. So so Frank Sheeran was married and had three children when he was a younger man. And then um, he... As he uh, got a little bit older, he um, met a waitress, which is Irene, mm-hmm. and they started an affair, and he eventually um, left his wife and married Irene, and they had one child together, but they were married until the end of her life. <sighs> so she Wait, did she die before She didn't she die died before him. <gasps> yeah. Really? She I don't remember did. that detail. She died before It took before me a minute. Him. But, um, but yeah, but... And, so it's based on a yeah it was a real it was a real love affair but it turned into a long lasting marriage so hmm. so it's okay for a murderer for that for <laughs> she was, someone for a hit she was married to a hitman now yes. you had to be in bed with Robert De Niro <laughs> yes it, for like a day how long did this did it take no, to shoot that that, scene? that 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 scene wasn't that only took probably a, a couple of hours it was it was actually pretty quick but Did yes s- it was it was towards the beginning ish of the of the filming for me because everything gets shot out of sequence obviously mm-hmm. so um I definitely remember being in bed and I didn't know Bob too well yet he was incredibly kind to me from jump so so lovely so it wasn't him that was making me feel that way it was more of the like I'm getting into bed. <laughs> well, that's what I couldn't wrap my head around. One of the greatest film actors of the entire, you know, generation. <laughs> like, did your brain cool. ever leave your body? Like, did you ever hover outside of your body and look down on what was happening? <laughs> I did. I wish I had had the presence of mind to do that. But I swear to God, I'm not kidding when this is what I was focused on during that scene. Because I was just sleeping next to him. I didn't have to do anything. But I was like, calm your breathing. You are supposed to be asleep. You can't be panting. Because <laughs> oh I was nervous, you know? That would be amazing. Like, someone, is, there some, is, is there a humidifier on? What is that noise? We're picking up a lot of... What is that? Is there a fan on? 
the full mic operator. Uh, the like, actress in the bed is—I uh, think she's having anxiety. <laughs> she seems intimidated. Is she overweight? Is she somebody doing mamas? What is she? Is that? Yeah. What can you tell the people? Because I like—I don't know if you can talk about the audition process for the Irishman of like what that oh. experience was. Yeah, that was wild. That was so. What I was doing? So I was doing the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, mm-hmm. With Marty and um, that's a Marty Scorsese. That is Mr. Oh, I thought it was Martin, Martin Short. Um, <laughs> How did you get on this set? Hi. <laughs> um, and towards the end of that, um, I was invited to do a, t- uh, a table read of the new a new script, and of course I was beside myself, not having any idea what I. I just said yes. Of course, I was like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll read stage directions. I, I don't care. Yeah. And I showed up. Um, Oh, no, I think it was a couple of days before I got, like, the script, and it had the cast list on it. And talk about hyperventilating. It was like, I read all of the women's parts. It was myself, Marty, mm-hmm. Bob, Al Pacino, <laughs> uh, Bonnie, Bobby Cannavale, um, oh, Joe Pesci, and maybe, two, like, two other actors, um, so like the stable of all of his movies, all the like it, every the heavy, heavy, heavy hitter. hitter. Yeah, it was literally like, dear diary. <laughs> Today I was asked. So I went and I read all of the female parts, and that was literally 2014, I want to say. And um, in 2017, uh, the casting director called and said, uh, you know, is Stephanie available to? to, you know, audition for the Irishman. I was like, great, tell me what I need to prepare. They, they talked to you in third person? <laughs> and, you, and she she wrote, she, she will be. replied, and I was, she's she like, will Stephanie be. will be ready. I'm actually my own representation, <laughs> you've just outed me. <laughs> it's amazing what she's been able to wow. do for Turns herself. SK agency is Stephanie Kurtzman. Good, um, I, need, I need an agent. So, so I, the answer came back, uh, the audition is, Bob just wants to meet with her again. So I had to go, and uh, Bob was having a massive costume fitting, um, like marathon costume fitting. They were doing it at this really nice hotel on the Upper East Side. So I had to go to the Upper East Side, and then when he had a break in his uh, costume fittings, they whisked me upstairs, and I literally just sat with him on the couch. And he was like, it's good to see you again. You were, you know, thanks for doing the reading. We thought you were great, and would you like to play my wife? And I was like... (gasps) I literally was like, so you want me? You want me to do the job? And he was like, yeah. I mean, and he's so unassuming and so normal. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that's the easiest job I've ever gotten. Oh, my God. I was like, Steph, I would react like he actually just asked me to be his wife. Yeah. I if felt he, like that inside, but I was trying to be cool. <laughs> and then you left and you ayahuasca. You just vomited. I totally did. I, do, I, I actually, I remember I changed out of my super cute little outfit that I had on into like my like overalls because that's how I roll sure. in the bathroom downstairs oh. and then went and got my, I had driven into the city. I went and got in my car and I drove about four blocks and I got to a, a, a stoplight and my husband was on the, on the speakerphone. And I literally just started sobbing, and I had to pull over. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that. Yeah. And you were like, and then I crashed into three cars. Worth it, worth it. It was worth it. And you're like, that's fine. The paycheck will take care of it. <laughs> that is awesome. No, it's it's like it's an unheard of story. It doesn't happen. It does never happen for me that way. I still can't believe it happened that way for this for me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
And you shot the the movie for how many months? It was a six months. It was crazy oh, wow. long. So you got to like September. really know everybody. Oh yes, I've still got very close friends from the the crew, the the cast. I'm 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 good friends with Welker White, who played Joe Hoffa, who played Al Pacino's wife, and uh, Catherine Arducci, who played Joe Pesci's wife. Welker is remember Goodfellas. Yes. That she's like, I won't fly without my lucky hat. I, I, I don't remember that. No. Well, that's would, my interpretation. You'd remember. Okay. Yeah, you would. I need it's my like, lucky hat. She I need my lucky She hat. won't do the drug deal unless she's got oh. her hat. And they're like, the cops are coming and they can't, they got to get rid of the coke. I know you can't remember anything over Lorraine Bracco screaming through that whole movie. How she could speak <laughs> after she shot that is <laughs> I loved Goodfellas, Goodfellas Casino. It's funny, yeah. like, when you see all these, like, Robert De Niro movies and then you see him, like, in an in interview and it's, like, this, like, calm sweet man you're like but you're still gonna kill me right you're still gonna murder me right sweetest most like kind gentle rather shy yeah just sort of soft spoken I showed up my first day there was a gorgeous orchid in my trailer from him did you throw it out and say I don't like orchids I was like who put this shit in here and I threw it out the window how insensitive um but that that they talk about being treated well Marty like gift just a, a nice little we're glad you're here and oh the, the that's the way to be treated Look, those I gentlemen to, understand I've, I've been the unintentional beneficiary of martin scorsese because she opened up a bottle of wine that he gave her <gasps> and uh i got i drank half of it wasn't that amazing it was so good it was so good. i had an illicit affair with that bottle of wine <laughs> and it was worth every penny don't look at me like i that. love that so so you were in bed with him for for a, a little bit <laughs> and, a little uh, trying to regulate my breathing and I, where I, did you film it we filmed all over the place with everything was within like an hour of the city so uh that bed scene was at the, you know, the Marcy Armory in Brooklyn. I uh, think I do. Weirdly, I do. Yeah. I've been to a wedding so. there. There were I several think. sets, that, including the Villa de Roma, which is the restaurant where he and I met. Um, they they built the whole thing. I, you can't even imagine the, the the people working on Marty's films. Obviously, because Marty is the pinnacle in my yeah. humble opinion. Um, the people working on it, between production design, costuming, it's. It, it's literally the best of the best. So everything is pitch perfect. And it was nominated for an Oscar. So you got to attend the Academy Awards before the world collapsed. Was this? It was it was literally like a year a year and a week ago. That's February insane. February wow. 9th. And we were eating bat soup at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> and it was everybody just the Hollywood foreign press. It sounds like everybody's screaming in the room. <laughs> It's just the soup. It's just the soup. It's just the soup. God, I hope the salad is more quiet than this. <laughs> it's, the, it's the prawns from Beetlejuice. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. A year did ago, you win? We did not. No. Oh. Oh. We did soon. not. It was um, multiple nominations, and it was it was a very. I have never lived through. I've been in movies before that have been nominated for Oscars. <laughs> she said. Right. She said humbly. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Was it? Uh, uh, but I've big certainly two? never been. Uh, I've certainly never been in the the group that was <laughs> invited and mm. and asked along to these events. So that was just. I mean. It was beyond my wildest dreams to have actually been able to participate at that level in all of the award season. But I have to tell you, it's 
I think the universe was just trying to keep me balanced because they were like, you're going to get to go to like the SAG Awards and the Academy Awards and you're not going to win anything. (laughs) Oh, I really thought you were going to be like, you're going to get to go to the Academy Awards, but then we're going to send a deadly virus and a pandemic to the entire And then you're going to have to do dishes after the Golden Globes. His movies, though, are so... um, it's like no stone is left unturned. Like it is mm-hmm. like every detail is it's, phenomenal. Like you are, the period is set. Like it's, it's exacting. It's, it's, yeah. It's incredible. What's really amazing to me is that the script that we read at that table read in 2014 or 15 or whatever it was, was very similar to what ultimately was, was the working script. Mm. But Marty is, he knows these movies in his mind before I feel like he already knows the whole film. Uh-huh. I'm sure he would say that's not true, but he allows his actors to do so much improvisation. So it's like, it was already there. You saw the skeleton of it and then he just f- fills in from there. Cause yeah. you know, some people have a working script and then it changes massively and the yeah. film looks very different than it ever did on the yeah. page. This, you could look at the script and be like, no, this is the film. However, the, it just, it, it's like, uh, it's like when you workshop a show and you start out with one idea and by the end of four weeks, you've got all these layers and stuff and you do that. And a lot of people don't do that level of layering and stuff like Martin Scorsese does. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you end up with these masterpieces that you can go back and be like, oh, wait, did you notice that vase in the background? That's like a, a tip of the hat and homage to some <laughs> filmmaker that he knows about because yeah. he's got an encyclopedic knowledge yeah. of film. Uh-huh. And filmmakers and film history and You know, he's been doing this for so long, but like his films are still like works of art. You know, there's some directors. Visually yeah. unbelievable too. Yeah. There are some yeah. directors where um you see like their like first three masterpieces and then all of a sudden it's like they're doing like Big Daddy Three and <laughs> uh the you know Are you taking pot shots at Christopher Columbus right now? Not the explorer, the... I don't want to say that, but a little bit. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, where all of a sudden they kind of like, let's try something new. And you're, yeah. and then they never get back to where they were before. Mm-hmm. To yeah. a certain extent, it's like Steven Spielberg, where he kind of like shit the bed in the 80s and 90s. And then like every once in a while, like the Schindler's List comes out. But then it's like, where's the next one? Oh, I hate to say that. No, not about. I will always. I will go to the mat for Steven Spielberg. I love Steven Spielberg. Like the Jurassic Park movies. What I like about him is the that he has one. a very sneaky, dry sense of humor. Yes, the all first of his one. movies have that tinge. But the thing is, when he gives over the um, uh, the trilogies or whatever, then you kind of notice. So it's almost like someone is like. You know, mm-hmm. well, I think there are. I think there are a lot of people who are movie directors, and I think there are people who are cinema directors, and I think Marty is the latter. I agree. He's Ooh, yeah. nice distinction. Oh, you're a very well spoken girl. I have to say, this is a this is a question that we ask, and I didn't prep you for this at all. So I mean, if you, you were can a tree. marinate. <laughs> if you were a tree, would you be deciduous? Um, <laughs> we oh, because we're an advice podcast, we always say. What is the best piece of advice you have received? It could be in your life. Oh. It could be as an actuar. It could be any of the anything. As a madam. piece of um, advice. I mean, I think. As a madam. I think the, I think, um, I'm going to go with the trite answer. Okay. And since we're talking about career stuff, I'll go with that. Somebody said to me, 
don't ever <laughs> don't ever show up on set as a woman as a female actor uh without your makeup done <gasps> so if they call you to rehearsal and you haven't had makeup done or you haven't or you're you know like your hair is done but your makeup's not done or vice versa don't don't go to set don't show up on set why what will happen if you do because then they'll be like we're shooting it right now and you better well, be ready no it was more i heard a horror story about like uh like actors and of course this is you know i think more for women than men unfortunately in this ridiculous industry that we're in um i think it was more of a listen if you don't want to get fired because a lot of people look very different in makeup me being one of them i think i look completely different in makeup than i do natural oh my god <laughs> and uh a, a person that I worked with was like, look, my friend got fired because she wow. showed up and the director was like, that's not, that's not what we hired. Like, I didn't hire a Vagoda. Get back in that thing and don't come out until you <laughs> so look like a human. So that's a crappy, but sort of practical piece of advice huh. that speaks more, I guess, about the industry than about really, if you should wear makeup, <laughs> I'm not saying I condone it. I'm just saying that was a good piece of sort of insidery advice. Right that now, Is that somewhere... more on like a male dominated set then? I think it's probably just why it's probably more uh, yeah based on the sort of you know who knows how long ago it was that that happened I, hopefully things have changed I certainly don't feel like I would ever be worried about that on a Scorsese set mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's like not they're not worried about that they're right. worried about much bigger things but you uh -huh. know you never know who you're sometimes you get hired I've been hired multiple times from an audition tape and I've never met the person I am about to work with uh-huh until I show up for that rehearsal on set. Somewhere in the world, Frances McDormand, when you just said that, know, she was like, go to hell! Alicia Keys is like, off. girl, come over. I got to educate you. Oh, my God. No, that's a very interesting little tidbit. I mean, and a piece of gross. wisdom. I, I wish that Aaron would take note of that. Wow. So when she comes to do the pod, she does? doesn't look like... Um, <laughs> Go ahead. What do I look like? A clown from It instead. She would look like Vanna White. I would look like Carrot Top. Thanks to this pandemic, I have done a deep dive on Grey's Anatomy. I was I in. First episode, you will be addicted. And I have to say this because now we're on season 538. And um, our dear guest has shown up as a villain, as as Aunt Opal. And uh, she people don't like her. And how many episodes have you been on? Uh, I did two of Grey's. And uh, there'll be something else coming up in the mid-season yes. opener. Before Wasn't there we a spinoff of Grey's? There's a, there's a crossover, it? yeah. So so keep keep your eyes out for Aunt Opal in the crossover event that's happening March 11th. What's the, what's, March what was the spinoff of Grey's? It's, so Station 19 oh. is the spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. It's about the Seattle Fire Department. There's a character that was on Grey's that decided to leave the medical field and go into firefighting, I think. Is yes. Wasn't there another one? I can confirm this. Wasn't yes. there a different spinoff? Uh, oh, Private Practice. Yeah. With oh. Kate Walsh. What happened to her? It uh, still exists. Does it? I don't it, think that show's on. But I don't think I don't it think. is. It had some seasons, but yeah. it's, it is like no Kate longer. Walsh. Yeah, me too. She's always spoken well of you. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, there's one. That's right. So you can actually catch Stephanie coming up March 11th, Station 19. And Grey's Anatomy crossover. Now, you had told mm. me that there's a there was a Shonda Rhimes show that you were doing. <laughs> when 
Bridgerton dropped, I was like, where's Stephanie? I'm looking for her on Bridgerton. And that was not the case. She is not on Bridgerton. She is on Station 19. And where can the good listeners find you online if they want to follow and stalk you? Oh, sure. I'm S. Kurt Zuba on Instagram and uh, at Kurt Zubes on Twitter. Oh, you're tweeting, I see. Twittering. Well, uh, our dear guest here is going to be part of our next two segments because uh, we have given her an assignment to write her very own response to our <gasps> Instagram, Instagram mail. Instagram mail. Aaron's having an affair with the Instagram I'm having an affair with the person who wrote this. No, I'm not because this question is disgusting. We have an Instagram mail question, so if you have a question that is in need of answering, please write to us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com. That's old school. That's an email address. Do you know what email is? MS-DOS. Or you can slide into our DMs at dearpodofficial on Instagram. We welcome anything that you want to slide in there. No. Yes! Questions. Make it clean. Questions. We have one Instagram mail question that is in need of answering this week. Patois. Tip it it off, baby. Dear Pod. Nearly every night while my husband and I are sleeping, I am woken up by his flatulence. I don't know if it's his diet or if he's trying to choke me out, but I cannot ignore it, yet I don't know how to bring it up. It's a rather touchy subject, and I don't want him to explode. Signed, The Heat Is On in Tucson. The Heat Is On in Tucson! (laughs) I feel better now. Would you like to answer this? All right. Dear Heat... Unless he's sending smoke signals that you aren't picking up on, that Jimmy of yours has got a problem. Few questions. When is his last meal before bedtime? What does he eat? A bloomin' onion? Sour cream and onion Pringles? Hawaiian pizza from California Pizza Kitchen? Triple meatball hoagie with all the fixins? Is he lactose intolerant? Refuses to put an end to his all-night binge of Jamocha almond fudge with marshmallows on top? This is a crisis on Chernobyl proportions. Hopefully he doesn't sleep in the nude. Otherwise, you are destined to be contaminated by falling debris. Ew! And reenacting the scene in Silkwood doesn't sound like sunshine and snow cones to me. Do you have any idea the amount of pressure that can build up in the human body? <laughs> well, do you? Listen here. My grandfather, God rest his soul, couldn't hear a single-engine Cessna fall from the sky onto his front yard, let alone hear, hear his own bassoon routine after Mom's Sunday night dinner gatherings. It was so loud we had to turn up the Connie Francis records. Who's sorry now indeed? I think Lucy and Desi had it the best setup. Separate beds. They could do whatever they wanted in their own little twin mattresses and not disturb the other one. One could sleep in the nude, the other in pajamas. One could read and the other sleep. One could do the five-finger shuffle and not have to worry about shaking the bed like at the Times Square Howard Johnson's where you drop quarters in the bed for massage, quote-unquote. Unless you want to start smelling like the water reclamation, water reclamation sewage treatment plant in Stickney, Illinois, you're going to have to address the stink in the room. Maybe you just want to make an appointment with a GI doc and send him on his way. No need for you to go with. It'll give you time to air out the room and burn the sheets like every hotel on Fire Island does after Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> he probably suffers from IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, and he is not alone. My neighbor, Igor, call me Shifty, Casanata, was suffering for so long with IBS, he nearly got a divorce. Once the clever doc put him on a strict IBS diet, it all cleared up, and Mrs. Casanata didn't need to sleep with a can of Savannah Summers air freshener by her bed anymore. Listen, we all have gas from time to time, and let me say this. This too shall pass. You just need to clear the air and address the porta potty in the room. 
Remember, you are doing this out of love and to let him know that if he ever wants to roll in your tightly wound hay again, he has to start smelling more like Cary Grant and less like Lou Grant. <laughs> Abby. Thank you. That was, was it call me shifty or call me shitty? Shifty. Oh, okay. Heard wrong. Yeah. Got excited, yeah. though. Got excited. Uh, ladies first, our our Stephanie is a very talented writer herself. Oh. So well, we'll is, see about that. We'll see about we? that. <laughs> and here I go, lowering the bar. All oh, right. please. Dear, heat is on. Let's address the elephant in the room. Oh. Why are you living in Tucson? Oh! <laughs> the heat is stifling enough in your part of the world without having to share a bedroom with Gassy Gus. But in all seriousness, dear reader, marriage is about compromise. Committing one's life to a partnership requires sacrifice and tolerance. Let us not forget that our vows promise fidelity through good times and bad, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse. However, nowhere in those words are we required to promise that we will allow ourselves to be choked out in our sleep. So... (laughs) Despite the awkwardness of the situation, I think a frank conversation is necessary. Just be sure it is not a frank and beans conversation. (laughs) So, I see two options for you. Move as far north as possible, where the sting of your nose will be constant from the cold air, not just his foul ass. Or divorce him and let his natural gas be someone else's resource. (laughs) Finally... Special shout out to my sponsor, Bino Ultra 800. <laughs> that was With all Bino gas. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Well I done. like that she she came in from the side. None of us saw a shot at Tucson coming no. from a mile away. No. But it's a very good point. Never been to Tucson. Heat is stifling down there. Only I Scottsdale. You're like, you're, you're waterboarding your face if you're, what do you, <laughs> You're, you're Dutch what? ovening everybody down there okay. automatically. Okay. No, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's heavy. Yeah. Here's what Anne has to say. Well, make it quick. Dear Tucson, congratulations. You're officially married. <laughs> Every relationship reaches new levels of comfort. When you first break the beef barrier as a couple, <laughs> it's funny. Charming even. Oh, good. He made an air biscuit. He feels safe and comfortable around me. But at a certain point, the bloom is off the nose. We transition from a one-cheek squeak to a you-need-to-go-in-the-bathroom-right-now-and-see-if-you-shit-your-pants situation. This is dangerous territory for a marriage. It can take a toll on your relationship. No Harlequin romance novel starts with he carried me to his bedroom, the smell of rotten eggs in the air. I know of what I speak. My Jules' delicate Irish stomach hasn't been able to digest solids for 20 years now. It sounds like Gene Krupa is in bed with us. I thought one night he was listening to the Birdman soundtrack. (laughs) One night he burned a hole in the mattress. It got so bad, I thought about bringing in a young priest and an old priest to do a blessing. Finally, I changed his diet to keto, and poof, the flatulence stopped. It saved our marriage. Sure, his arteries are hotter than the, uh, is more clogged than the toilet at Applebee's on a game night. (laughs) I was going to say his arteries are hotter than Army Hammer when he sees a dead body. But, you know, but, hey, you got to compromise somewhere. I understand not wanting to discuss it with him. It's an awkward topic. But let's be honest. Most fathers enjoy a challenge. You could actually make things worse. 
Frequent farting doesn't occur for no reason. Your husband may have lactose intolerance, digestive issues, or a deviated septum where he can't even smell himself. Subtly make dietary changes. Finish your meals with fresh ginger and three drops of lime juice or one drop of dill oil on a teaspoon of raw honey. Tell him it's an aphrodisiac or some crap. They'll believe anything. If it doesn't change or he refuses to address it, fight fire with fire. Take a page from history and react the same way Allied forces did when Hitler invaded. Retaliate! Load up on chili and cauliflower and declare World War Toot. Release your sphincter fog. Send some airbenders. Drop some gasteroids and see how he likes it. If you're going through hell, keep going. And if that doesn't work, invest in a large cork. Good luck, you poor brownie buster, and Godspeed. And... (laughs) Asshole. Do you know how many times I had to go to Urban Thesaurus and put fart in there? Airbender. That's (laughs) the the last airbender. That's actually what that movie was originally about. Fun fact. It's some, I don't know, it's some sort of like weird sci-fi-ish movie. I never watched it, but I'm sure. My children watched the entire series of the animated The Last Airbender. Oh, see that? See, it's a real thing. It is a thing. What is, what's the, have you, so you've watched it. Oh, yeah, but that, I was watching with my children. That doesn't count as actually (laughs) watching. You have, wait, you have children? I do, I have two Two. boys. Two boys. Now now do you not like her because she has kids? Kind of. What? (laughs) It's hypoallergenic. It Put her drink so back. Well. Put her drink back. <laughs> Kids and cat. Kids and cat. Children, kitties. Children, kitties. I am so excited that you are here to experience our next segment. Our next and final segment on this six-hour podcast. It's <laughs> I really have to pee. Time. Thank Me God. And we're going to do it fast. Ready? It's time, time for Specialty Cocktail. Specialty drink. Let's make it quick because I'm going to shit my pants. I had a vaccine and I can't sit still. I got to go to the bathroom and make myself ill. Ha! That was a little Russian ha at the end of that. All right. This week's Specialty Cocktail is... The illicit affair. Oh, this recipe was found in a motel room that was rented by the hour by James Charles Ferris. For this, you need two ounces of vodka, one and three quarters ounces of ounce of orange juice, one and three quarters ounces of cranberry juice. So it's just vodka, orange, and cran. In a shaker, combine all ingredients, add ice, shake, strain into a rocks glass, and garnish with an orange slice. Now here are Jules' tasting notes. Sometimes cocktails are like affairs. They can be sweet, they'll give you a buzz. You're finished with them before you know it. You can pour them all over the stomach as you lick it off. But wait, I'm saying too much. The bottom line is that you don't want to complicate them. Just keep them simple so no one gets hurt. And how can you go wrong with this week's offering? A fruity little boozy concoction that will not only allow you to make a bad personal decision, but it will also let you break a commandment or two. Just remember to wash that lipstick off your collar and zip up your fly as you walk into work Monday morning and try to convince everyone that it was just another boring weekend alone. Bottoms up! The illicit affair. Oh, this looks like a sunrise, doesn't it? It's summery. Oh, it smells floral and fragrant. Cheers, Cheers. We are so happy. 
to have you. Nice to finally meet you. You too. Thank you for having me, dear Pod. The woman, the myth, the legend, Stephanie Kurtzobach. So much. Oh God. Oh, James. This is a brunch beverage. Oh, brunchy bep. Oh yeah, it's a stuff. Oh, it gets you right. Gets you a little bit on the on the back. End it does it. It hits the back of my just like a good affair. Just like a good affair. It slaps you right in the back of the throat if you're lucky. <laughs> Makes cleanup simple and yeah. easy. No, I just drank it. <laughs> this is wonderful and very fruity and light and refreshing. Mm. This makes me think summer is just around the corner. But it's not. It's <laughs> still March, and I think we all know what happened last March. Oh, God, please. We're coming Let up on a year, baby. Up. Sorry about it. I'm yeah. sorry and I'm sorry. We're going to be celebrating our 100th episode anniversary around the same time that we did our first and only live show we had so many wonderful things planned come see my ted talk in 2022 i can't fit in that suit anymore it's brand new can't fit into it because i'm plus size did you try it on (laughs) yeah well it's because you're working out you're all you're all guns and ammo from your body in the hudson yeah you think that you're not seeing um results yeah no, because I have body dysmorphia since the age of 13. Oh, you but and me both. Say. It's so much fun. Yeah, That's I look like, that part. I feel like I look like Rue McClanahan right before she died. <gasps> you are a liar and a thief, sir. Well, that's what I look like. I feel like Weird Al Yankovic in the video, Fat. That's It's all puffy. I feel like my shoulders are the same size as that chick who just got fired from The Mandalorian. <laughs> but she like is like... Fully a stunt woman. She's jacked. Yeah, I, yeah she is. I <clears throat> feel like I'm like at least one and a half hers. When I look, at you're me. a liar. You're a liar. We're all crazy. That's a good thing we're drinking. Yeah. I know, isn't it? In the middle of the night. Let's go to the pool. Oh. <laughs>